we've uh, started a new uh, sermon series. Uh, the sermon series is on the culture of heaven. Meaning, what does heaven have to say about essentially seven fundamental aspects of culture? Uh, and uh, some of you may have heard some of teachings referencing the culture of heaven, but ours has been a little different. Uh, ours has been, what does culture, how does our culture that we've been born into, how does it impact the way that we think? And then how does it line up with what actually heaven is saying about those aspects of the things? So last week, uh, we did the culture of heaven when we were actually uh, focusing on, what were we focusing on? <laughs> so we were doing the, uh, the economy of heaven, and I was teaching on that. And uh, so, you know, the next one that we wanted to go on uh, was the, uh, the language of heaven. Language has a, a powerful place in our culture as a people, any people group that you're part of. You know, there's certain ways in which we say things and do things which are paramount for our expression. So throughout the years, I've, I've known Josh for a couple years now, and I know some of the things that he's walked through and helped me walk through. One of those big things was really the language of what it means and how to speak as a son or daughter. And so he just touched me so much in my life these last couple of years that I was like, why would I teach on it? Let's go to the guy that wow. right, was teaching me about it. Thank you. And so we just want to call around Josh and, and just bless him. Lord, we just... We know your, your favor is upon him because he's a son. And we know your spirit is with us because you said it shall and is dwelling inside us. So we know that the atmosphere of this place has changed through worship. And we just bless Josh. We bless, man, the trials, the difficulties, the things that he's walked through. Because right now, <laughs> there's some ripe fruit. And ripe fruit is meant to be eaten. Hmm. <laughs> and we just thank you, Lord, for teaching him and showing him things. That now we get to... Just be blessed and learn from everything that he's gone through, what you've brought him through. And Yeshua, Jesus is a mighty name, amen? Wow, well that was super honoring, thanks Dave. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that, but thank you. Because it, it, it goes the same way, you've helped me walk through so many different things too, brother. So, um, Sharon, can you bring that song up, the, uh, the, the one with the, that says the Lord of hosts? It's the... Uh, Thank you. Psalm 46 song. Um, whatever, just bring it up and I'll ask you to move around. Uh, can you go back one? Or forward one, whichever brings up another screen. That's all right. Go back to that one, the other one. That's fine. All right. So this is just for free and for fun. The Lord of hosts... You're with us, with us in the fire. So something recently the Lord's been teaching me is about um, sort of the different names of God. And when you refer to God as the Lord of hosts, that actually means something. If you were to translate that, uh, probably a better translation of the Lord of hosts would be essentially the God of heaven's armies or the Lord of heaven's armies or the Lord of angel armies. Um, and so I find it really interesting that God would... Um, kind of the way that worship went together, the songs that you chose. And then <clears throat> while Mario and while the worship team was playing this song, <laughs> he went into the name of, what was it, the name of, in the name of Jesus? Or let's say it one more time. Break every chain, right? So he said, in the name of Jesus, break every chain, break every chain. And so what's interesting is <clears throat> when we say in the name of Jesus, what we're, what we're saying is in the character and likeness of the one whom we're talking about. So when we say, like, the Lord of hosts, we're saying the character and the likeness of 
God who is the God of angel armies or God who is the God of, um, you know, heaven's armies, essentially. <clears throat> so I just want to pray something because it goes, it goes into that. I want us to know God as the Lord of hosts. So um, you can just bow your heads with me. I'm going to pray over you guys. Um, Father, I just take all authority that Jesus has already taken over all the darkness, any darkness, any demonic strongholds, any thoughts, powers, or principalities um, over the people that are here now, um, over their families, Lord, over um, anyone that, Lord, that there's people here who are worried about family members, who are worried about, they've been praying for salvations of their family members and friends and Anyone in whom they have loved, Lord, um, I take authority now, the same authority that Jesus has taken. We take that authority, and we ask you, God, now, as the Lord of hosts, to send your angel armies, to send the host to go forth and do spiritual battle over them and to set them free, um, those people that aren't here with us, but also that they would come and um, just take out any any strongholds that maybe we're walking in, any fear, depression, anxiety, anger, bitterness, all of those things that, that the enemies uses to sort of block us from connecting with you. So, Father, um, we just ask that you would do that in your son's name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay. Okay, can you go, Saren, to the first slide, please? All right. So Dave asked me to share about this. This slide says, who am I? The journey of identity. So Dave asked me to share about um, a little bit about my testimony because, you know, not all of us, all of you know me and you may see me walking around here with a big smile on my face and so excited to be like, why is this guy so excited to be in church? I, I just don't understand it. You know, it feels good. You know, it feels good to, you, you know, you understand that it feels good, but you're like, why, you know, why is he so happy? And all of us have a story, all of us have a testimony, all of us have been through trials and tribulations and hardships, and um, so I just want to share a little bit about mine. <clears throat> so I guess just to like nail you with it, back when I was 15 years old, my father committed suicide. Um, he had some mental illness problems, and there's a, a whole lot of cer certain set of you know, events that occurred, but he committed suicide about... Yeah, it was in October, so it wasn't, wasn't you know, an 18-year anniversary, I think my mom just said. And so, you know, that does something to me as a 15-year-old boy that takes the covering that I had, the safety that maybe I felt from my dad, and, um, you know, that whole thing just got wiped away. My life changed in an instant, so where maybe I had some semblance of safety and feeling secure in, the, in, in a father's love, um, be it an imperfect love, he still, <clears throat> he was gone, right? So, and I didn't understand that. And being young, I processed that as rejection. You know, you didn't stay around for me. You know, you didn't stay around for us. You didn't think we were worthy. And, you know, maybe some of that's true, but mostly it's not. That's, he, the problem was he, was he was hurting and he was sick and he had issues and this is what he chose to do. Um, so anyway, that has played a major role in my own life in, in, the, in um, sort of I've walked with a, a fear of life, a fear of living, um, like a fear of like the bottoms all, you know, is about to drop off. And um, <clears throat> so that's kind of where I came from. Also, the other part of my story is most of my identity came from um, pleasing other people. 
So I was the kid who, <laughs> at the grocery store, I'd be running around after the carts for the older ladies and carrying their bags and just really got all of who I was from helping other people, which is not entirely bad, but the problem is if your identity isn't anything that can shift, then you can end up having problems with how you feel about yourself and how you interact with other people and just a lot of unhealthy things there. So anyway, one of the major things that happened was um, <clears throat> this guy named Graham Cook came to the church that I was attending probably about maybe, I don't know, do you remember 2008, Alan? Something like that you guys remember? Anyway, the point is that was just sort of a, a demarcation in my life where this guy who's, and you'll see in a minute because we're going to play a little five-minute clip of Graham Cook um, in a little bit, but um, basically this guy came, and one of the things that the Lord actually spoke to me while he was there, he spoke to my heart, he said, Joshua, how can you know who you are in me if you do not know who you are? How can you know who you are in me, in Christ, if you don't even know who you are? And so that's because... I really didn't know who I was. I was just trying to fill up my identity with other things, right? People pleasing or just trying to feel good, not, try, not trying to you know, feel the pain of, of loss and things like that. So essentially, he brought me two other father figures in my life, Tim, Tim McDonald and Alan Kirkpatrick, whoever there, just put your hands up in case nobody knows you. And um, they came alongside me for years now, and they just poured God's love into me. They affirmed who I was, that the Father loves me, that, he, that I'm righteous in his sight, that I'm good, you know, good because he's called me, because he said I'm good. I am who he, whoever he says I am, right? So who am I? I'm who God says I am. That's the bottom line, <laughs> right? <laughs> That means, like, I can bomb up here today. Yep. I maybe don't say the right things. I look silly or something like that. But it doesn't really matter to me because you don't get to define me. I love you and I value your opinions, but you don't get to define me. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm skipping over a lot because I've probably talked for, for a long time. There's a lot of things that happen. But the most important thing is, like, you may wonder, like, why I look, walk around here and, like, I get so happy and excited to be in God's presence and to be with all you people. It's because I used to wake up depressed and anxious every single day, like legitimate depression, legitimate anxiety. If you want, we can all talk to my wife about it <laughs> after service. She knows. It drove her nuts. Um, but what changed? What changed that? It's honestly, it's, it's knowing that who I was. It's saying, Lord, I'm not... <clears throat> I, I repent of believing that I'm anything other than who you say I am. And so that's the whole crux of the thing. Like, how can you know who you are in me if you don't even know who you are? So he started to show me who I was. He started to show me how, what my passions were, you know, what my loves were. Uh, he showed me the weaknesses that I had in my own personality type. And, and he asked me to submit those things to him so that they could be um, grown and I could experience, you know, personal growth in that. So, you know... This is why I'm excited to be here. This is why I'm excited to love on people. This is why, like, if you start telling me that you have a problem, I'm going to listen to you as best as I can, and I want to pray for you. Not because I'm trying to please you, but because I'm 
pleasing the Father because that's who, you know, who I get my identity from. So that's kind of my story there. I think that's good. You guys want me to add anything? Well, go in a little bit to having to repent of what you thought and receive what he said. Amen. That's good. I did have the Lord share with me. So I had a real stronghold of fear in my life, like a legitimate fear over not having enough, fear over lack, fear over the bottom is going to drop out. And one time the Lord, um, in the midst of me, like, no, this is not, this is my response would be when I would start to feel that fear, I would say, that's not me. That, no, that's not me. And I would push that away. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. And I would push that away. And he said to me, you need to start accepting yourself in that area. And I was like, what do you mean by that, Lord? Because that is, I'm, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to walk in that. And he was like, for the purposes of growth, you need to accept yourself in that area. And, and it was this idea of, not that, not that you're, I'm going to always be this way forever, that I'm always going to walk in fear, but it was the idea that this is an immature part of you. And what happens is when you accept it as part of like, all of who you are. So it's a weakness. In your personality, in your character traits, you have weaknesses and strengths. And so he told me to start to accept that um, about myself. And so what I would do is um, <clears throat> when fear or anxiety would rise up, and, and it was hard. It was really not a fun thing to do. I would start to say, Lord, I accept that this is a part of me, and I'm asking you to grow me in this area that is afraid. And after years and years of doing that, eventually it was just like there was no place for that fear to be anymore, right? There's no, so you can grow to a place where there's no place for fear to be, have, have a foothold in you. Amen? Amen. So he's still fathering me even while I'm up here. My mom. Let's see. That would be... No, wait, I didn't write that down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can go into the fear of, the, the fear of finances, essentially. Okay, so like, no, I know, I know. Here's a good one. So here's a great one. I did not believe that the Lord loved me at all. Like, I knew it in my head because scripture says that he loves you. But like when it comes to like actually like my actions showing that my belief understands that he loves me, I was not able to understand that. I didn't think I was worthy of his love. And so it's interesting how the Lord will use certain circumstances in your life if you allow him to teach you the truth. It's like you get to renew your mind to the truth through a situation that he brings into your life. And so the thing, that, um, the thing that I would say that he did, I'll just give an example of like one of the places, because it took about two or three years for me to start to understand and really believe that he, he loves me no matter what. And it's true. If it's true, if it's true for me, it's true for all of you. Like, I'm nothing special. I'm just, I'm just like all of you guys, right? I'm, I mean, we all have stories. We all have testimonies. We all have hardships, you know? And um, so he's not a respecter of persons in the sense that like if he, he would do it for me, He'll do it for you. And so, so the process for that looked like um, I actually 
had to start believing. I had, I had people in my life start to tell me, no, he loves you. The scripture tells you that he loves you. I'm telling you that he loves you. I'm telling you that you're worthy. And then, but my, my mind and my heart wouldn't believe that. And so I ended up having to, um, not having to, see, this is, I got to walk out through, um, he sent me to a place um, to work where essentially the person that oversaw me, A, was not a Christian, which is fine, but B, he was super, super critical, super, super like, like he actually got his identity or who he was through how I performed. And so if I didn't perform well, then it made him look bad. And so that was interesting. <laughs> so um, anyways, so how did I walk it out? How did I walk out? He loves me. I'm worthy. I actually, had, I actually ended up in a spot where everybody around me at work and, and, and some people that were friends and stuff were essentially they were communicating to me that, no, he doesn't love you. You're not worthy. But, but the word was you're to believe that you're worthy of love. And so I'm like, okay. <laughs> I remember calling Tim up one day and I was like, Tim, pray that I get out of this situation. And he was like, uh, I can't do that, brother. <laughs> He's like, this situation is designed to show you who you are. You know, this situation is designed for you to walk through so that you can take, uh, you can take out the giants that are in your land, the, 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 the fear and the, the doubt and the anxiety and, and specifically the giant of like, hey, you're worthy of God's love. Um, so to make a long story short, I walked through about a year of this guy. Anything I did, he was so critical of it and so terrible. And I've never had anybody speak to me the way that this guy actually spoke to me before. And thank the Lord, I don't have that anymore either. But um, essentially, he would say, like, you stink. What's wrong? With, you know, like, I'm just going to boil it down to really simple language. You stink. What's wrong with you? you? Why can't you do this? And I would say, in my spirit, I would say, I close my eyes and I say, thank you, Father, that you love me. It's real. Thank you that, that what you say about me is, is more true than what other people say about me. Right? And you just keep doing that over and over and over again. And then eventually I ended up, and it was hard. It was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life because I really didn't believe that he loved me. But he wanted to show me and, and make me believe that he loves me. So the process was... Everything comes against you to say the opposite of what he's saying about you. And you stand and say, what you say about me is what's true, not what, not what they say about me. And all of a sudden, months later, I ended up in the basement of this place. Um, and I was doing, I had to do something that was really hard for me, and I was seemingly failing, and the guy was like, trying to crush me, essentially, the, the, the person that was overseeing me. And I just, for the last time, I said, thank you, Father, that you love me. Mm. You know, and it makes it worth it when he says back, I love your heart right now. <laughs> I love how you're responding to this situation that's so hard. 
And then he said, he let me go. He let me go of that circumstance. And what I got out of that is nobody here, nobody out there can ever tell me that God doesn't love me because I'll never believe it. You can't take that away from me. And so that's, you know, that's how I have learned and how my, my, my father, spiritual fathers have taught me how to overcome situations and circumstances. And you feel like you're going to die, and you feel like it's not going to happen, and you still believe, and you keep believing, and you say, this is the truth. I'm going to believe it no matter what I see. Because what God says about me is more true than what anybody else says about me. And what Scripture says, it's all in Scripture, too. You can read any Scripture. But you got to stop believing what the world has told you, and you've got to start believing what God says about you. And you got to let it go deep. Because he wants sons and daughters. He desires them. He wants you to be his family. Because he's a good father. He wants to father you. So Lord, let's just pray right now. <laughs> father, may that... <clears throat> may your sons and daughters realize who they are. Because they're already sons and daughters. They may not realize it right now, but they're sons and daughters. Not just the ones that are here, but the ones that are at home. And the, the family members are the ones that are here. That you would open up the way. I bless their minds to receive the truth. That it goes deeper than it's ever gone before. That it transforms their minds and their hearts. So I'm sorry we're talking so long on my testimony here. But I got I to gotta do... Dave told me I can do whatever the Holy Spirit leads me to do. It's his fault, not mine. Take the blame. So anyway, that's a little bit about me. So if you wonder why I'm so happy to be around and just love to share what God's put on my heart and pray for you guys, it's, it's because I was always anxious and depressed, and I, now I'm not. I'm different. Sharon, can we go to the next slide, please? All right. Why, why edit your words? Edit your words, the culture of heaven. We're, we're in the culture of heaven series that Dave started. I, I think it's a, a brilliant idea. It's a little Graham. You guys will get it. It's a Graham Cook reference. He says brilliant. <laughs> it's a brilliant idea, right? So the economy of heaven. Dave said it's, last week he said, the economy of heaven essentially is God getting his needs and wants met. And he needs souls. And he wants, he wants, say it again. I know that. He wants us to go out. And, and... Right. So he wants his kingdom of God to advance. So the economy of heaven, when you boil it down, it's what God needs and wants. And so now we're going to talk about the, the culture of heaven. We're going to talk about language. So as, as I was um, preparing the topic, um, I, I was like, what do you want? What should I call this, Lord? I, 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 you know, because it's not going to be like language in the classical sense or the like, hey, there's all these different languages that culture has or whatever like that. Like, so I was like, um, well, it's got to be about your words. It's got to be about the power of your words. It's got to be about how do we transform our words, right? So I went to create this graphic up here, and I went to upload it to Facebook because I'm doing that for you guys now, if you didn't know, <laughs> uploading sermons and things like that to Facebook. And 
when you upload a graphic to Facebook, it gives you an option to edit it. So I don't know if you, like when you go in and you upload a, a photo, you can click this edit button. So there's an edit button that appeared in the left-hand corner of this graphic. And I was like, edit your words. That seems right. And I'll tell you why that seems right later. <laughs> so right, so we're shaped by our cultures. So what's our, what's our culture? It's our society, it's our family, it's everything that, so our words get shaped by society, the TV that we watch, the movies that we watch, how we, were, how we grew up, the family norms. They've all trained us to think, but also to speak a certain way. Whether you realize it or not, that's, that's what happens. So what's the culture of heaven? What's the culture of heaven's language like? I, I assume that it's positive because when you're with Jesus, when you're with the Father, do you think there's any negativity in him? Do you think that he's, he's up there just, I mean, you may, and that's okay if that's what you think, but I, I don't think that's true. So I think the language of heaven is like filled with faith. It's filled with honor. It's like when Dave said, hey, Josh has really blessed me in my life. He's honoring me. And when I say back to him, but, but brother, you have blessed me as well. That's honoring him too. And that's honor goes back and forth. So... Um, so basically, a lot of us kind of speak negatively right now. We say things like, I'll never, you can't, I'll always be, I have to, which is, so the reason I call this edit your words is because when you start to try to change the way you talk, you're going to find yourself like, oh, Alan, I can't go to this right now because I have to do this. And I'm going to be like, and then you're like, well, well, no, it's not that I have to. It's that I'm choosing to go do this other thing right now because I would really like to go to this, but I've got to go to, I mean, no, I've got to, no, I still, right? You still can't say it right, <laughs> right? So edit your words. That means you're going to find yourself as you try to change your language and the way that you speak, you're going to find yourself being like, but, but, uh, wait, let me, I don't mean that. I mean, what do I mean? And then you're going to find yourself thinking about, well, what do you mean? Okay, so that's why I called it Edit Your Words. And uh, man, I put too much stuff in these notes. No, seriously, because I mean, that whole worship session is like, it's like my, it's like my message. That whole worship set was like, he's already preached it to you through worship. Okay, so I'm just, he's just affirming things. So why should we, why should we do this? We should be transformed. Actually, I'm going to take some advice from Dave and just skip that part. Because it doesn't matter what you guys think. <laughs> Matters what he thinks. Right? It's true. All right, can you go to that video, please? Thank you. By the way, Sharon, you're doing an awesome job. I want to bless you. You're doing awesome. Thank you so much. I used to be in Sharon's I, AV video. You're doing awesome. Thank you. Can you just turn it up a bit? Our state is often how we see ourselves outside of Christ. And we see ourselves often as weak, powerless, 
incapable, or in the case of the ten spies who went with Joshua and Caleb, they saw themselves as grasshoppers. The enemy gets you convinced by situations and circumstances that you can't win this battle, you can't fight this thing, because he's bigger than you, stronger than you, and you're just not tough enough or strong enough, and really, you're just like a grasshopper. Then we take on that whole persona. We, were, we saw the giants and we felt like grasshoppers in our own sight. That means what they saw turned their thinking into a negative place that was so destructive they couldn't actually inherit the promises of God. There's a battle going on, guys. And we need the language of God. So we see ourselves in our state. We don't see ourselves in our standing. Your standing is... Who are you really in your placement in Jesus? What are you portraying? Jesus said, he who's seen me has seen the Father. Your standing is who you are in Jesus. Your confession of all that God wants to be for you and all that God wants to do for you. So your standing is that you're a new creation. You're a people for his possession. You're a royal priesthood. You're alive to God. All grace abounds towards you. All sufficiency is in you through him. You're anointed. You're the apple of God's eye. As he is, so are we in this earth. Don't you're tune this out. You're baptized into one spirit. You're baptized into Christ and his death. You're being perfected. You are the beloved. You are blameless. You're blessed. You're blessed with all spiritual blessings. You've got bold access to the throne of God. You're as bold as a lion because you're born again. You're part of the bride. You're buried with Christ in his death. You can do all things in Christ. You're chosen. You're a chosen generation. Christ indwells you with all his fullness. You're a co-heir with Christ. You're created for good works. You're curse-free. You're dead to sin. You're dead with Christ. You're declared holy. You're a disciple. You're elect. You're enriched. Everything works in your favor. You're enriched in all knowledge. You're faithful. You're a fellow citizen. You're free. You're free from sin. He's freely given you all things. You're a friend of Christ. You're fruitful. You're gifted. You're given all things. You're the habitation of God. You have the mind of Christ. He's at work in you. He is for you, not against you. You're healed. You're hidden in Christ. You're highly favored. You are his body. You are his fullness. You are his possession. You are his workmanship. You are a holy nation. You're a holy priesthood. You're increasing in the knowledge of God. You're inseparable from the love of God. You're a jewel in his eye. You're a joint heir with Jesus. You're justified. The kingdom of God is within you. You're a king. You're a priest. You're a ruler. You're known by him. You're lacking in nothing. You're the light of the world. You're living by faith. You live by God's word. You're a living stone. You're made in his image. You're made rich in everything. You're more than a conqueror. You're a new creation. You're a sound mind. You are ordained. You are a different people. You're the people of God. You're the pillars of God. You are prepared for good Come on. You are protected. This is the truth. Raised with Christ in resurrection life. You are redeemed. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You're a royal priesthood. You're a saint. You're the soul of the earth. You're sanctified. You're saved. You're sealed. You're seated with him in heavenly places. You're a servant of God. You share his authority. You're the sheep of his pasture. You're a shining star. You're a son of God. You're a son of light. You're a steward of the mysteries. You're strengthened by him. You are the elect of God. You are the friends of God. You are the <laughs> Come on. of life and godliness. Come on. All belong to you. 
You are the righteousness of God. You are the temple of God. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are transformed. You're a vessel of glory. You're a vessel of honor. You walk by faith. You walk in newness of life. You are a warrior. You are the, you are the wise. You are witnesses. And you are absolutely worthy of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Why did I show that to you? I don't know. It's cool. I mean, it's just neat. No. How you see yourself affects how you speak. That's why I showed that to you. How many of us would like to be able to speak like that? Not, over, not even just over yourself. Amen. Like, I saw that. That's taken note of, just so you know. That's going to happen for you. God will make that happen for you. Your heart responded to the message. That's his message. How you speak affects how you, uh, how you see yourself will affect how you speak. So I showed that to you to give you an example of how you can speak. But you can't just start speaking like that. I mean, you can try. But what really has to change is how you think about yourself. What really has to change is how you see yourself. Because if you see yourself as less than and not enough and in lacking and in poverty, and that God doesn't love you, but you, you know in your head he loves you, but you don't really believe that he loves you, you can't speak like that. You can read the scripture and it'll come out, but it, it's not the same. He, that's all scripture. So Tim, can you come up? I want, I want, I want to share, uh, have Tim share about um, the power of words. Do whatever the Lord has you to do. <laughs> Oh, to, to his court? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is close. That might not be good. I'm starting to feel the love of the Father. So, <laughs> so I had a, um, this past Wednesday, I had to go to the hospital for a medical procedure and um, uh, had my wife drop me off at the, the front area there. And uh, so she went and parked the car. I went inside, and there was a woman at the desk, the reception desk, that tells you where you need to go. And she was just totally steamrolling the lady behind the desk, saying, you're inadequate, you did this wrong, you did that wrong, I can't believe, you, you know, all these different things, just hammering and hammering and hammering. Then this other lady comes out from behind this other area, they have like doors, she just pops up out of nowhere, you know, and, and then she starts talking to her about how bad that this other lady was, and she's like, and then this lady tries to, lady that was getting hammered tries to describe to her what was going on, she's like, no, you shut up, I'm talking. I mean, she was like, I'm like, I'm like ready to intervene almost. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is like, I'm getting offended and I'm, I'm not even involved. So this goes on for a while and, and as my wife comes in, the, um, the lady that was talking to the woman behind the desk leaves and I was, said to my wife, I was like, just one second, I have to say something to this lady. And so I just walk up to her and as I go to speak to her, the lady behind her is like almost... Like, kind of getting in front of her, just like, like you know, yeah, they're, they're, well, not to protect her, but I mean, just to, like, she's almost, my impression was, like, she's messing up, you need to talk to me and not her, and so she's like, can I help you? I was like, no, I need to talk to this lady right here, <laughs> and so I, I, I shake her hand, and I said, I look her right in the eyes, and I was like, I was like, my name is Tim McDonald, I know exactly where I'm going, I just wanted to let you know you're awesome. The, and if you would have saw the expression on her face, it was amazing. 
It was just amazing. And I didn't see it because I was looking at this woman in the eyes, but my wife said the woman next to her's face was just as beaming. You know, and I was like, do you see what just happened? I was like, all that that lady said was erased by one word. You're awesome. And so it, it was, yeah, it was work. So it was fun because like the next day, Alan was saying something to Josh and, and Vox, and he was like, you're awesome. And I was like, I had this vision, and I, he, Josh looked it up, and it was, it was, it was there's a bomb that goes in bunker bombs or something. Bunker like that. Buster. Bunker Buster, where it like it goes into the thing it's going to destroy, and then it explodes. And I just saw like his word for you. You're awesome. You're 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 awesome. You know what I mean? I don't know if you saw that. But it's like <laughs> these little these little like prophetic bombs go into people. And then they explode, and it just changes you. It's the power of words. Amen. 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 You're awesome. Amen. I receive it. Thank you. But you just gave me something to lay at the Father's feet later because that's something for him. That's a compliment. I'll have Tim talk about the circle of intimacy later, but you get to lay your crown down. When someone gives you a compliment... And you receive it rightly, and you know it's not about you, but you, you still say thank you. And then later you go, you go to the Father and say, look what, look what they said about me. This is for you, Father. Amen. Give me a second. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Okay, let's go to the next slide, please. All right. You are what you eat. I'll just let that sink in for a second. I'm not insulting you. It's not like that. But what you put inside of you comes out. Scripture says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. That's the NIV version. <clears throat> the Amplified is a little bit more like me and expounds way more than you have to <laughs> on something you could just simply say. That's just the way God made me. I'm sorry. Not really. <clears throat> the good man produces what is good and honorable and moral out of the good treasure stored in his heart. The evil man produces what is wicked and depraved out of the evil in his heart. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of his heart. Why did I put two different versions up there? I mean, I know that obviously I, I just took the little the little part there, but why did I, why am I, why am I looking at two different versions? Why am I looking at three different versions? It's because I'm, I'm looking for the meaning, the meaning behind the words, because the meaning, the words actually point to a meaning. You know, it says one thing up there, but it's, it's got deeper meaning. So the part that I've highlighted is for his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. So can we go to the next slide? Bible Hub is a really amazing resource, just so you guys know, BibleHub.com. <laughs> you can get a you can you can read scripture and it has it has the Strong's numbers right on and you can click and it will take you right to like, hey, what does that word mean? And all the six different ways people have interpreted it to mean things. But so that script show in there where it says heart. In um, Luke 6.45 it says heart. This, the word is cardia. Or maybe cardia. I don't really, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> what matters is it's actually the core of your being. It's your mind, will, and emotions. The short definition is the heart is the inner life, the intention, 
The literal definition is the heart, mind, character, inner self, will, intention, center. This is a really cool tidbit. I don't know why it blesses me so much, but it does. It says that in Scripture, the word heart is mentioned over 800 times, but it never refers to the literal physical pump that drives the blood. It's always used figuratively. It means it's always talking about your mind, will, and emotions, or your soul, the core of your being, the seed of your being, whatever you want to say. So what you put inside of you, you really are what you eat. It, it, it comes out. All right, so let's go to the next slide, please, Sharon. All right. So the scripture, the scripture here is Romans twelve twenty two. The Amplified says, <clears throat> do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. All right. I'm sort of building an argument for here why you, why, why you need to start thinking like a son, why you need to start thinking like a daughter, why you have to start thinking like a child of God. And see, even now I'm saying have to, right? I'm saying have to, but really you get to choose to. You don't have to do anything. You can choose, you can choose not to. And he'll still love you. <laughs> but I would recommend choosing to. Because it's better. So the Greek word for transformed there is um, metamorphosis. Um, I did have a picture of a butterfly with a, uh, you know, because they literally are transformed in one stage, they transform literally into a totally different thing in the other stage. And that's, that's exactly what he's talking about is you think one way, you act one way, you believe one way, you live one way, and something happens that something is the process by which you're changed and you're transformed into something different. Yes. And you live and you think and you breathe and you walk differently. Amen. And you walk in the authority of the power of God differently. You walk in love differently. You want to go and share the gospel? You want to be bold? You do it naturally now. Yes. <laughs> We're told to go out and spread the word and spread the gospel and to do all these things. You will naturally do the things when you're transformed, when your heart is filled with the things that I'm talking about, when the heart is filled with, I'm a son. When you think like a son, when you speak like a son. And when I say son, I mean daughter, because where there's a son, there's a daughter too. It's the spirit of adoption. What do you think would happen if the only things that came out of your mouth were blessing and you chose not to belittle other people and you chose not to speak negatively of yourself and think negatively about yourself, what do you think if, if only a blessing came out of your mouth? You would speak life continually. Right. And there would be power in your words. Thank God that he doesn't give us what we speak all the time. Uh, thank you, Lord. Right? He said, no, wait, let me, <laughs> let me let them be transformed so they actually know what they're saying so that when they actually do speak, healing comes, life comes, people feel... Love. They feel the love of the Father. They feel peace. They feel joy when you speak. Thank you, Lord. 
If it's available to me, it's available to all of you. I'm not special. I'm only as special as he says I am. So we're all special. We're all his favorite. And you have to start thinking that way. Oh, I did it again, right? You can choose to start thinking that way. Or you don't have to. It's okay. Like I said, he still will love you. But you can start to think that way, and you will speak differently. You have the power of life and death in your tongue, and he really means it. It's for real. If you start to honor that and take that seriously, you're going to start to see power in your words. You're going to see the culture of heaven come down on earth as it is in heaven. You're going to use your words on earth as it is in heaven. And what do you think is going to happen when that happens? I think lives are going to be changed and transformed. I think that people are going to get healed. I think that it's going to be heaven on earth. I think that, you know, the angels are going to come. The watchman angels on the wall are going to come and sing with us. I think that just amazing things will happen. So, okay, so to wrap it up a little bit here, let's go to the next slide. Was that up there the whole time or did that just, I just turned in it? Because <laughs> that would feel really silly if that, but it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter if I felt silly because it's not, it's not true. <laughs> I, know, I can tell I'm going to get a lot of razzing later on for some of this stuff. <laughs> All right, so I'm, I've said a lot, you know, things I'm trying to speak to your heart. I want things to go in, but I'm also very practical, and, and um, I want you to, to get it. I want this, so I'm going to give you some tools. And so if you actually, if you open up your, I don't know if everybody got a, um, a bulletin, but if you open up, I, I put action steps in there for you. So basically, this on the screen is the action steps in here. But let's just go through it. So these are just some ways to renew your mind. My spiritual father, Tim, who I never referred to him that way before, so that might be awkward for you. Sorry. <laughs> my, my, my brother, Tim, what you focus on gets bigger. He says it all the time. All the time. I think, and I never get tired of hearing it. I don't know if certain people get tired of hearing it, but it's, it's true. What you focus on gets bigger. So why am I, why am I saying what you focus on gets bigger here? Because if you focus on renewing your mind, your mind's going to get renewed. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. It's not... It's pretty straightforward. So. <clears throat> so what do I think that it takes for you to start renewing your mind to the truth that, like, say, God loves you or what, what have you? I think it takes intentionality. It's not, it's not through your strength that you're going to transform yourself. It's through, it's through asking God to transform you. And so what I wrote in the bulletin is this week, start asking God to show you how he sees you and keep asking. I want you to start to expect that he will show you who you are. And, and for some of you, it's not going to line up with, with how you think. You're going to be like, really, Lord, do you think that about me? You, you love me? You're proud of me? You think that I'm a good person? You're, <laughs> you know, um, it's going to be different. So, so the, the, next, the next way is scripture, and that's pretty straightforward. You need to find the truth. One great way is to check out the fathersloveletter.com. And this is a, we've said this before, but this is a, a letter that somebody wrote based on scripture that basically it tells you how the father loves you. 
Um, so that's one resource for you. So like um, back so in, in back to intentionality, I wanted to say that um, we essentially you can start choosing the truth over what you've automatically believed, right? So why why the why language, why culture? Your family culture has trained you to believe and think a certain way. Our culture has trained you and believed you to think a certain way, or caused you to believe a certain you know believe and think and speak a certain way. It's just automatic. If you live here and you've never examined it or you've never been overseas, Dave's been overseas, some people have been overseas to different cultures and they're like, they think differently than us about certain things. Well, in the same way, we want, we want the culture of heaven to come in our language. <clears throat> All right, I just, want to do, I just want to pray with you guys real quick. So you just close your eyes and bow your heads. You can repeat after me, or you don't have to. It's fine. <clears throat> so we're going to ask for God for the truth in prayer right now. So, Father, we confess that how we viewed ourselves is not necessarily how you view us. Just going to pause. You make it personal for yourself. Lord, show us how you see us. Lord, I confess that how I've pictured you may not be accurate. Lord, I've thought a certain way about you, that you're, you're this way or that way. But I'm willing to lay that down and allow you to show me who you actually are, God. You can't really know who you are if you don't know who he is, too. All right, so the, in Jesus' name, amen. I mean, you know, it's, it's all good. Sorry if I wrecked your quiet time. All right, so the final thing on there is this is kind of fun. As I was preparing, the Lord said, truth bomb. I'm like, what's a truth bomb, Lord? Well, Tim shared with you what a truth bomb is because he had a, a picture of it. It's something, you know, it's the truth wrapped in love, and it goes inside of you and explodes, and it makes the kingdom of heaven come in, inside of you, Right? But you, so, anyways, so some ways to do that is put the truth together. There's, there's that one Graham Cook video that I shared, that's a truth bomb. Like, if you put that, if you watch that, like, every day as part of your quiet time, there's no way that you can't be different if you start to believe those things, because it's true. It's all from Scripture. So you, you put that together. So basically, a truth bomb is, let's, you go into Scripture. Find the Scriptures that God is speaking to you, that this is how I see you. You make a, make a sentence or a paragraph and you start praying that over yourself in your time with the Lord. And don't stop. I'm talking do it for months, do it for years, do it as long as you need to and you're going to start to see your language change. You're going to start to see the language of heaven right here on earth. All right, so last week Tim said, gave a testimony. I don't know if you saw it on Facebook. We were, I recorded it and put it on Facebook and he, he shared about like, hey, respond to the word. If, if some... You can come up here and, and receive prayer because you need stuff, because stuff's going on in your life, but you could also just come up and be like, hey, will you, will you guys pray for us? Will, will you pray for us so that I can encounter God? Okay? So I'm just going to open that up. Is that that's all right, Dave?
I'm going to open, open it up. And like last week, Dave said, if you feel led to pray, come up here and stand like this. If you feel led to pray for people, stay, you stand here. If you want prayer or just whatever, come and stand like this. Okay? And then maybe switch, too, because you never know. So you might want to pray for each other. Yeah, Dave's got, got a, a word for you guys. So. Thanks, bro. Yeah, thank you. But yeah, you know, um, you know, a couple of things, so much good stuff, and this is the type of concern that you're going to want to put on during the week, listen to it over the week, maybe we can find a way to put through that Graham Cook video up on, the, on Facebook if we can. Absolutely. Maybe just speak of the Lord and just remind me of the uh, prophet uh, Malachi, last chapter. Chapter 4, it says, Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in the, in the Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet for the coming of the great dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. A couple of things the Lord was just speaking to me as Josh was, was, was sharing was that we need our hearts to be molded into the notion that we are children Father again. Many of us know that we are children, but what Josh is proclaiming here is that your heart needs to be molded to, to be turning back to the Father. The Father's heart has been turned to us through Jesus. But we need to adopt this prophetic message that Malachi has brought forth and that Josh has brought forth. You need to have your heart molded and changed and turned. See, when I am a child,
Josh. I thank you for the word that he's given. I thank you for the power of his word. Thank you for the experiences that he's gone through because he's been molded more into your image. And Lord, we want to adapt the language of heaven. We want to be people who see ourselves the way that you see us. We want to be a people that see ourselves the way that you see us, Lord. And so, Father, I pray right now that we just break through those strongholds. We break through that cultural identity. It says you're not good enough. It says that you just got to do this to earn something. Father, we just pray against the spirit that has fallen. 